Welcome to the Sunday Morning Message with Pastor Nick Stringer, brought to you from Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. Creekside Church, where the Spirit flows. Bibles, if you would please, to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. You're all probably very familiar with that psalm because you see it read a lot. You see it a lot in movies. Um, that's the one verse that whenever they have a funeral in a movie, that's the one that they like to read right there. And so it's a very popular verse. And so it's one that we're going to be spending a lot of time in here over the next several weeks, four weeks to be exact. So open your Bible, if you would, please, to that psalm. And we're going to talk today about becoming a sheep of the good shepherd. A sheep of the good shepherd. And of course, Jesus Christ is known as the good shepherd. You know, I was uh, leaving church last Sunday after our service, our Easter service. And I take River Road now because they've got that opened back up and they've got that new bridge built. And so that takes me straight to Route 1. And wouldn't you know it, there's like a sheep farm right there. And I didn't know this, and I, but I did see them all, and they were all out. They weren't inside of a fence or anything. And so I started to go real slow, and this little baby lamb jumps right out in front of the vehicle. And I swerved, and I do not know how I missed it, but I did miss it. And I did not hit it, but I almost did because that sheep was not being shepherded at the time. <laughs> That sheep needed a shepherd. It needed to be put into its pen, and it almost had its life taken from it via the Chevy Impala. But that did not happen, and so I'm thankful for that. And so what we're going to be discussing today is that God is our shepherd. And so today's message is titled, Becoming a Sheep of the Good Shepherd, and this is what we want to learn today. God is worthy to be trusted and stands alone as our provider, God and God alone. And that's going to bring a, a question that comes to our heart and our mind, is that if God is my shepherd, in other words, if God is the one who is leading me and I'm allowing him to lead me, how does that change how I view myself? You know, this psalm was written by King David. And it was written at a time where he was fleeing for his life. He went into the wilderness of Hereth. It was there that Saul, at the time, was chasing after him in hot pursuit. Saul and his army, and they sought to take the life of David. Now, David was the anointed king of the time. He was God's anointed man. But he wasn't able to take the throne because Saul was still in control of the army of that time. And Saul sought, sought to take his life. And so picture, if you will, David in the wilderness, knowing that he has the favor of God upon him. He has the favor of God upon him. He is the anointed rightful king of Israel. And yet he is unable to take his position that God has called him to. Because he is having to flee for his life into the wilderness. And it is in that context that David writes this psalm. And he acknowledges the Lord as his shepherd. Now that's very interesting. 
because this was a time of great adversity for David. This wasn't a time where he was living the king life, where he had people serving him. Things were peaceful on all sides around him. No, this was taking place during a very adverse time in his life, a time of great trouble. And he pins this. And so what it teaches us is that in times of adversity, right away, we contemplate the Lord's greatness. We contemplate the awesomeness of God and we recollect what God has done in our lives. And that's what David does here. And David, he writes this psalm and David was a shepherd himself. So he knew what a shepherd's job was and what that entailed. And so David was very familiar with the works of a shepherd. And he recognizes God as his shepherd and the Lord as his shepherd. And so he was very familiar with the Lord. And before we can allow the Lord to shepherd our lives, we first have to know who the Lord is. Folks, this is an exercise that I go through quite often. And that is always going back to who God is. Whatever the circumstances in my life. I need to remember who is the Lord. And so that's what David did. And that's what we need to do. In order to make God our shepherd. Who is first of all the Lord? Well I have to ask you this. Who is the one who created the heavens and the earth. With just his mere breath. The Lord did. Who is the one that parted the waters so that people could step foot on dry ground? The Lord did. Who was the one that led a nation of slaves out of Egypt and into freedom? The Lord did. Who is the one who can make a barren womb fruitful? The Lord can. Who is the one who can give sight to the blind? Restore hearing to the deaf. Cause the lame to walk again. The Lord can. Who is the one who is ever present? It is the Lord of the Bible. Who is the God who is all knowing? It is the Lord of the Bible. Who is the God who is all powerful? It is the Lord of the Bible. Who is it that created man for the purpose of? Of having a loving and eternal relationship with them. It was the Lord God. And so before we can allow the Lord to be our shepherd. We first have to know who the Lord is. My friends don't forget the awesomeness. And the attributes of the Lord God. That's who he is. That's who he, who he has always been. And that's who he always will be. And that will never change. And so now that we know who the Lord is. We first have to understand that. We can now see that the Lord is specially qualified. And possesses all of the attributes necessary. In order to be our shepherd. You know, shepherds during the time of David and even right up into the time of Jesus in that area that was known as Palestine. In that area there, it was a very difficult job. It wasn't like what you would be accustomed to today in our civilization where you would have a nice fenced-in area for the sheep to graze in and they would be able to easily find the food and they would be easily 
uh, able to find their water, and they would be protected, right? The shepherds of David's time, it was a very different story. There were no fences to hold them in. There was a, many steep ravines. The terrain was dangerous. There were thieves who would come and steal from the flock. There were also ravaging animals who would come and devour the sheep. So the sheep were in constant need of shepherding. Now the shepherd, he would lead from up ahead. And he would lead from up ahead so that he could make sure that the path was safe. And that's exactly what the Lord God does when we allow him to be our shepherd. He keeps the path ahead safe. He makes sure that he keeps the thieves and the robbers away. He keeps us safe and secure in our area. He acts as a physician, a protector, and a provider. So folks, how do we allow God to be the shepherd of our lives? How do we let the Lord be our shepherd? Matthew 10, 16 says this, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. You know, being a sheep is very countercultural. In fact, it's a slang term that's used very commonly nowadays to refer to someone who's not a very good leader. Maybe someone who's weak. They call them a sheep. You're a sheep. You don't have leadership qualities. You need someone to tell you what to do. That's how our culture views it. Our culture tells us you need to be strong. You need to have good leadership qualities. You need to uh, be out there in the front uh, giving command. That's what our culture teaches us. But Jesus has a very different message. He says, no, no. He says, you need to learn how to follow. Follow me is what Jesus says. I want you to pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. You see, Jesus was a servant leader. He didn't come pounding the table. He set the example through his life and through his words. And he gave people the option of following him or not. He let them decide, who do you want to follow? Do you want to follow the world or do you want to follow the good shepherd? So how do we let the Lord be the shepherds of our lives? Well, first of all, we need to trust in the good shepherd. We need to make a commitment to trust in him, recognize that he is good and that he gives life. The Lord gives his sheep abundant life. Look what the scripture says there. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, and I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Folks, we live in a culture and in a society that is trying to take life away from you. And the enemy is trying to take life away from us as well. It is his goal and his attention to stop us dead in our tracks and to keep us from having abundant life. He likes nothing more. And if, in case you haven't seen it already, this world is designed and it's not very supportive of the Christian life. 
In fact, it works against the, the Christian life. The Lord wants you to have spiritual life, and this world is working to take spiritual life away from you in order to get you focused on things that don't give spiritual life, in order to get you focused off of God's message and onto the message of the world. You don't need God. What you need is more of this. You don't need the Lord. What you need is more of that. That's the message of the world, but the message of the good shepherd is, no, you need to put your trust first in me. Um, we had several bare spots in our yard that I recently put grass seed on. And in order to help that grass seed grow, I put straw on top of the grass seed. And the reason I put the straw on top of the grass seed is because the straw acts as both a protector and a provider of that grass seed. Now, the grass seed, it lets the good come in, or the straw, it lets the good come in, but it keeps the bad out. You know, if I just throw the grass seed on the dirt, the hot sun could burn it up. Not only that, but the birds can come. You know, they like grass seed. Not only do the birds like it, but my dog likes it too. He got him a big old tongue full of it the other day. The straw also protects the seed from the driving rains. A big rain comes, it can wash the seed right off of that ground. So it serves as a protector to keep the bad out. But it also serves as a provider to let just enough of what's needed in. A thin layer of straw can allow enough sunlight to come in that the seed needs. And also the rain to come in to water that seed. And it provides a blanket that keeps the seed warm and moist and allows it to germinate properly. That straw is kind of like the good shepherd. God lets the good stuff in, but he keeps the good stuff out if we are following him. If we will follow the way of the good shepherd. And this is what the Lord does in our life. And this is the promise that he gives. He gives, says, I give abundant life to those who trust in me. Now that promise of abundant life is twofold. Not only is God working to give us a purpose and peace in this life here. But that is a promise for eternal life. Folks, we know that from what the Lord has told us that when this time is done, that there is a greater pasture up ahead. The pasture that we're grazing in right now requires a shepherd. We need the Lord to lead us to those still waters. We need to, the Lord to lead us to that green grass. We need the Lord to lead us in paths of righteousness. We need his guidance. We need his direction. And we need these things because we are his sheep. And we have made a commitment to follow him. Now when you make a commitment to follow God as shepherd, you are also recognizing that you are a sheep. And that as sheep, we don't call the shots. Now... The good shepherd can be trusted because he leads us to abundant life, but he can't give us abundant life unless he keeps us secure. Now, the shepherds of David's day, 
they didn't have they didn't have fences right they the sheep weren't contained they could easily go and fall into a ravine or go into a, a an area maybe where there's going to be attacked by wild animals who knows it was a dangerous terrain but god shepherds us and he protects us look at what the scripture says john 10:29 my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand this is an image of god the father being the shepherd of our souls no one is able to pluck you away because the lord as the good shepherd is constantly observing and watching and he will keep you safe and secure uh, last few weeks we have had some storms with some very strong winds and i was uh, up at bp up there in saint leon and i was getting out of the car to fill my car with gas and i noticed there were bungee cords around the garbage cans and as i got in my car I said huh bungee cords on garbage cans and i was filling uh, my car up with gas and i started to think about why the bungee cords were wrapped around the trash cans and i thought well they must have done that to keep the wind from blowing the trash can over and then I thought well why would they want to do that because when a trash can blows over what happens the garbage spills out and then it blows everywhere and then what happens somebody has to go and clean that up and pick up all that trash right so all of these events take place and I'm thinking about that and I'm pumping gas and I think wow that's just like what the Lord does as our protector and how he secures us he acts as a bungee cord wrapped around those garbage cans and he keeps our us and our lives from spilling out to the point to where that he, we would leave him he keeps us secure he keeps us eternally secure he says i am not going to let you stray too far i am always going to find a way to bring you back whether it be somebody I bring into your life, maybe it be a set of circumstances that I will ordain into your lives in order to bring you back to me. He always calls the sheep right back into the fold and he offers this type of security and he offers this security to his flock. This type of security is only available to the sheep of God. Who is a sheep of the Lord who does the Lord shepherd those who allow him to shepherd God does not shepherd the lost God doesn't just shepherd anyone it has to be sheep of God the sheep that belong to God how do you become a sheep that belongs to God you ask Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior to forgive you of your sins and you commit to God's plan of salvation. That's how you become a sheep of God. And then you are in the fold. You are in the sheepfold at that point. Those who are on the outside of the sheepfold are not being shepherded by God. They are being shepherded by the shepherds of their choosing. The shepherds of the world. The shepherds of money. The shepherds of materialism. The shepherds of relationships of their lusts that's what leads them but for the sheep of god it is the lord and his word of truth that is their shepherd so we have to trust in the good shepherd and then the second thing we need to do is learn the voice 
of the good shepherd. We have to learn God's voice. The Lord's sheep, they know his voice. Look what it says in John 10, 4. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, sheep become very familiar with a shepherd's voice. If there were many different sheep with many different shepherds, I would be able to go out into that corral, if you will, and I would be able to call out to my sheep, and my sheep would know my voice, and they would gather to me. I would be able to gather them all out of that corral unto me. And each shepherd would be able to individually do that with his sheep. And that's exactly what the Lord will do in this world. He will call his sheep, his sheep know his name, and his sheep will be gathered to him and forever will be with him. You know, <clears throat> when we were expecting children and Amy was pregnant, with each of our children, she always encouraged me to talk to them in the womb. She wanted me to basically talk to her belly. And I said, no, you know, that sounds kind of silly. I'm never going to do that. So. so we're laying in bed, and there I am talking to her belly. And uh, I would, would read to them, and I would say their names. And I tell you, each one of them, when they were born, I could tell that they knew my voice the moment that they exited the womb. Right there in almost mid-cry, they would stop. And they would like, look. Looking for that voice. And I would think to myself, they know my voice. They know who I am. They're familiar with the sound of my voice. And this is how it is with the Lord God. He wants us to be familiar with his voice. And the way that we become familiar with his voice is by reading his words, the words that come from his voice. They penetrate our heart and our mind. And so we can go into this world knowing the words that come from God and the words that come from strangers. Because God's sheep don't follow strange voices. John 10, 5, a stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, we often teach our children not to talk to strangers. It's a voice that they do not recognize. It's a strange voice. When I am walking down the street, if our dog did not know that I was outside and I'm coming up the driveway, he would begin to bark. But then all I would have to do is simply speak his name. He would recognize my voice and he begins to stop barking, and he starts to wag his tail instead. Because he knows that when he hears my voice, good things are about to come, right? He recognizes the voice of his shepherd, right? Have you ever seen the game show, The Voice? So what the host of that show do is they have their chairs turned away from the contestant. And then the contestant begins to sing. And if they like what they hear they turn their chairs around to that voice what the Lord has to offer us is good to hear and we need to turn our heads toward him and turn our chairs around toward him because what he has to offer 
is truth and it is good for us. And it will lead us to still waters and green pastures. Each shepherd has a different voice, but the Lord's voice is one that speaks truth in a culture of untruth. It is a voice that speaks life in a culture of sickness and death. It is a voice, the Lord's voice is, one that speaks peace in a culture of anxiety and depression. It is the Lord's voice that we will follow, not the strange voice. Now, what would a strange voice sound like? It would be a voice that is in opposition to the ways of God. It is a voice that would teach us things that are contradictory to God's word. False doctrines would come from a stranger's voice. And as good sheep of the Lord, we must limit the number of voices that we allow to shepherd our lives. There are many voices and there are many uh, people in this culture and in this society who claim to be experts on a lot of different things. And through the invention of social media and podcasts, you can listen to a variety of voices in your life. But we have to be very careful about the voices that we allow to speak into our lives. Now, if somebody wants to give me advice about how to fix something on my car or in my house, I'm more than willing to listen. But when it comes to spiritual advice or life advice, that is very closed off and there are only a very few people, I could count on one hand, the number of people that I am going to listen to when it comes to spiritual matters. And they better line up pretty well with 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1. You might want to make a note of those. Those are the types of people that you want speaking into your life. Not just anyone. Okay? You've got to close that loop off. And you've got to speak. You've got to allow voices to come into your life that are following the good shepherd. When it comes to your spiritual health. When it comes to how to live a good and godly life. It's okay. You want to speak to me about fixing things or how to do yard work or whatever. But when it comes to following the voice, we want to follow the voice of the good shepherd. And so we trust God. We learn to follow his voice. And because we can do these things, we can follow the teaching of the good shepherd. Look what it says up there. Sheep are under the shepherd's authority. Matthew 10, 24. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. Folks, we live in a culture where people actually think they know more than the people who are teaching them, right? I mean, you ever, you ever meet somebody like that? I, I mean, I tr have tr in 23 years on the job, I've trained a lot of people how to do that job. And I can't tell you how many people walk in there, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I just want to say, stop saying yeah. You don't know. You have no idea. You were like two years old when I started doing this job. I am teaching you how to do this job. Can you just follow what I'm telling you what to do? And stop acting like you know what to do. <laughs> you know, I wondered. I wonder if God often feels that way. 
but follow the teacher, the teaching of the good shepherd. We have to place ourselves under the authority of the good shepherd. And so I asked you a question at the very beginning. How does that change how we view ourselves if the Lord is our shepherd? Well, we have to view ourselves as sheep and him being the shepherd, which means we are servants to him and we are not above the Lord. That means with decisions in our lives, we go to the Lord. We look for the Lord's counsel and we look for the Lord's guidance on these matters and in these situations because a sheep does not know where to go. A sheep does not know what's best for them. But a sheep needs led by the good shepherd. And so we have to place ourselves under the authority of the shepherd. And this is what is called followership. We have a problem in our society with leadership. And people say, well, we don't have enough good leaders. Well, you just have to pick your leaders wisely. Folks, I would suggest you pick leaders who are directing you to Jesus Christ. And then you make the decision to follow them and place yourself under their teaching or under their guidance or listen to what they have to say. But a good leader doesn't have to exhibit the qualities that the world is telling you that they have. We're not lacking leaders. We're lacking followers. People need to learn how to be good followers followership is what this society needs followers jesus says follow me you know and this is what they did in jesus's time when young men they could decide to take a trade on their father or they could go and they could follow the teaching of a rabbi but they would place themselves under the teaching of the rabbi and they would listen to the voice of the rabbi and what he has to say. The Mayo Clinic, they did a study recently. It says 80 to 85% of the cases that they encounter, listen to that, 80 to 85% of the cases of their caseload, the Mayo Clinic, they said is a cause of stress and anxiety. For all of the cases that they have, the major underlying issue is stress and anxiety. You have to ask the question, who is their shepherd? Who are them people allowing to shepherd their lives? And who are they placing their lives under the authority of? And we apply all of the shepherd's teaching into our lives. You know, here, what we try to teach very simply, is following the Great Commission. As a church, our focus is very narrow. That is what we exist for, and that's what we are to do, the Great Commission. We lead people to Christ, we baptize them, and then we train them in the ways of the Lord. We train them and equip them for ministry. That is the focus of the church. And today we'll have a demonstration of just that very thing. But it's the shepherd's teaching. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And the two greatest commands are to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourself.
And so here at Creekside, we follow the teaching of Jesus Christ, and we look to make a great commitment to the Great Commission. And we want to lead people to Christ and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because we believe that Jesus is the Good Shepherd and that everyone needs to place their lives under the authority of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you, Lord God, that you are the Good Shepherd. Father, I thank you that you offer to us everything that we need because the scripture says that when you are my shepherd, I shall not want. That means I will lack nothing of what I need. In fact, it goes much deeper than that. It says, I will want only you. You will become the priority in my life. You will become what I want most in this life. My longing for a close personal relationship with you will take precedence above everything else in this life. Father, thank you for your guidance and your patience. Thank you for your unconditional love. Maybe you're here today and you want to place your life under the authority of the good shepherd and you can do that right now. Ask Jesus into your life, into your heart. Say, Jesus, be my shepherd. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. I don't want the world to guide me. I want you to guide me because I want the things that you want for me, dear Lord. Ask him now to be your shepherd. That you believe he's God's son, that he died on the cross for your sins, and that he rose again on the third day. And he promises to come into your life and to be your good shepherd. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your enduring word. And we thank you for your love that never fails nor fades. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message by Pastor Nick Stringer at Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. For more information, you can go to www.creekside-church.org and find us on the website. Once again, you've been listening to the Sunday message with Pastor Nick Stringer.